you getting yourself ready for our show? Welcome, everybody, to Jigs and Bigs, your weekly lead, weight, and walleye fillet-free fishing podcast. This episode here, the guys hit the Big E, the Eastern States Exposition. We got news. Sean does everything at the MAKB Championship except catch quality fish. And Bobby, local celebrity, we've got details on that. Uh, an extremely hot topic sat on the entire fishing world's face this weekend. You know exactly what we'll be talking about. Just the tip this week is for tourney directors, but we'll give competitors a little bit of insight for themselves. FTG is uh, an unintended sequel to last week, and in uh, our bait of the week, uh, we've got Spro BBZ Rats. Tune in for this week to wash that disgusting taste of cheating that's been lingering around your mouth all weekend. We got a whole lot of good show coming up for you guys. Don't go too far. Much more coming up right after this. My goodness, it's another Tuesday. Jigs and Bigs is happening. We're here. Everybody's enjoying themselves. We got jig heads filtering through. We got uh, gravy fishing in here. We we're we we're speaking earlier about uh, about uh, how gravy enjoyed some of the 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 culinary uh, skills of uh, one and only Sean the Fisherman. So that's pretty good. Apparently, uh, he gives he gives you the seal of approval. He says that 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 it was yummy. It's good. He's been asking for uh, for some cooking for quite some time, and yeah. I was able to comply on Saturday morning. We had a good uh, good time in the morning. Please, Mister Fisherman, may I have some more? <laughs> we reenacted Oliver. It was awesome. I, I never said, knew. <laughs> Who knew? Who knew? We got Nelson with us. He says, "What's up, you and I was Nelson." I think still celebrating after uh, the the end of a pretty amazing season here in New England. So. That's awesome, Nelson. Good stuff. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, boop, 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 boop. Just had a good FTG, but the kid was like 12, Gravy said. You know, I found uh, yeah, I found some, some situations like that. That's tough, you know, to throw a kid that age under the bus in an FTG-type situation, an FTG scenario, if you will. Yeah, that's rough. Yeah, I mean, I... I think it's much better to aim it at adults because they don't have an excuse. Exactly. Like when you're that young, you can sort of, you can sort of just say, well, you know, hey, you know, hopefully they're going to learn a little bit more. You know, maybe they'll pick something up or rectify the problem, rectum fry it. You know, yeah. you know, that's all you can hope in that situation versus I think throwing them on FTG could deter them. But, uh, but we got some good stuff. Um, lots of stuff has happened this week. It's been a busy week. Uh, actually, I'm going into another busy week, but it's a different sort of busy. It's just, you know, the, the bar and restaurant business. Oh, look at this. We got Rob Drummond with us. Rob, how you doing? What's cracking, buddy? Uh, first live stream for you. First time, first time live streamer, long time listener. Uh, good to have you. Um, 
It's been this week is nuts though. I, everything for me is in bars and restaurants this week. So there's no private events or anything happening coming up here, which is great. So next week, and I can actually plan and do some like decent outings and stuff. I have been all over the place, man. Um, let's see. Let's go ahead. Let's open up Angler and take a look. I don't really think I, I had gotten out nearly as much as I wanted to this week. So if we go back here, I know last Sunday before we had recorded, I had an outing there. That was that was a good one. It was it was fun. Um, and was that the last one? Do, 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 do. No, I made it out on the 28th. That was fruitless. Uh, even the 27th, I had made a, a quick stop. Fruitless again. Two bank sends. Yeah, and then the the that one on the 20 on the 25th. That's that was the last one in the kayak. I gotta get my. Uh, God, I'll tell you, I'm really really gun shy about taking out the Titan until I get the uh, the the what do you call it? the landing gear straightened out that situation like bringing up it out by myself like loading it on the trailer with another person that's doable you know what i mean but like yep. doing it solo man it's like i suppose i could go to one of my regular honey holes there barely a honey hole but one of my regular haunts and i could probably drop it in there but i've been getting a lot of bank fishing out did go out uh today um in the afternoon actually when i had called you or or actually no you had called me i was on my way to uh, uh richards to to load up on a few plastics that i was kind of running short on and uh i i stopped and uh, picked some of those up and then i was on my way i made two stops today three stops actually one of them nothing at all man in the wind it was middle of the day the wind was just crazy i said like potential gale force winds until 6 a.m it kind of died down later in the day um at least at least where where i was it was it was actually kind of nice so then i made a a, a stop afterwards at one stop and i had an interesting exchange with um nice young guy um his name's dylan and uh he and a buddy of his had uh over at this one body of water man it was just packed it was it was freaking absolutely packed um, with people walking all over the place fishing from the bank. I think I, I probably saw like four different groups of people go around. And I saw these two guys go out one way, and I'm, I was fishing this one section, and they came back around and, and started to come back around behind me. I, I hear behind me somebody say, hey, uh, excuse me, are you Bobby? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm Bobby, man. How you doing? And uh and they're like, oh, they're like, we were over at, uh, I think they said they were at Granby Bait. And uh, they had seen a sticker over there. They're like, oh, this is pretty cool. What's this all about? So they looked us up on Instagram. And then they saw me fishing. They're like, that's got to be him. That's got to be him. So we're talking and everything. I told him, I was like, yeah, I was like, you're walking down this way. I said, I'll, I'll, I'll walk with you. I'll grab you some stickers from the truck and, and get you guys all set up. And I was like, if you're interested, get on the show. Um, we had, you know, of course, you know, we're, we're talking at the truck as when I gave him the stickers. And uh, Dylan, this, this kid can fish. He's showing me some pictures of some absolute tanks on his Instagram, so we're gonna we're gonna you know organize getting them on and uh, and see what they have going on and and I think they're uh, they also do some uh, some YouTube stuff as well, which is very very cool. But uh, good old friend uh, Forge George came up in the conversation and Dylan had himself a very good laugh because he knew exactly what I was referencing, so it was pretty cool. Um, 
But yeah, I told I called my wife on my way to uh, go meet up with my buddy Paul, and I said to her, I was like, "So yeah, now you have to deal with that." She goes, "Yeah, but it's not like I'm out with you in like the fishing world doing stuff. I have to worry about people recognizing you." And I said, "No, no, 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 honey, you have to deal with the ego after I've been recognized in public. This is something that you might want to consider your your position in life." So, yeah, that's something for her. So, yeah, I mean, today, I think in total, I got on five or six. I, I caught a, a, a nice little pickerel, 14-inch pickerel. Um, haven't caught uh, a many pickerel this year for one reason or another. Who knows? Uh, caught a couple of 13s. Um, did pretty good, man. I'm not I, – I can't complain. Today was actually okay. No real, like, super quality, but I had a feeling getting bit today was going to be a little bit more of a challenge and uh, – you know, it it was definitely the finesse of your baits seemed to get it done. But good stuff, man. Um, we have a new addition here at the house. My uh, my my wife had uh, gone and made a, a new purchase. Uh, she replaced uh, her vehicle. We had uh, given that to my oldest daughter, Chloe. So now we have three cars and three drivers in the house, which is awesome. And I just got word that I don't have to bring my youngest daughter to the bus stop tomorrow. That is, I'm I'm all about it, Sean. Your mic is muted. You might want to unmute that some bitch, but uh, that is a win, sir. Dude, that is a huge win. I mean, I'm still gonna get up, you know, early and stuff, but it's nice. I don't have to leave the house, and I think I might have actually already figured out the trick to to almost guarantee this kind of a a play is to get the furthest spot up in the driveway so that I'm blocked in. Then I think it kind of will make. Make, you know, make the move where it kind of puts me in a good position where I'm like, well, you got to move your car anyway. Why don't you just take her? You know? Yeah. It'll be good. It's good stuff. Man. Yeah, man. I mean, it, it was it was kind of a crazy week. Saturday night, I did an event for uh, a local financial institution. Um, they're celebrating a monumental uh mile marker 150 years in business so it was a big deal um got together it's kind of funny the place where they had their um their uh, their gala event was actually a place where i started my career in broadcasting kind of weird it's like a an old like town building and there used to be a small production studio for a cable access network downstairs. They've since moved into like a much larger studio. But back in like I guess it would have been 94, not early 95, I had gone in there and uh kind of gotten my feet wet as far as like learning a little bit about broadcasting, about television, about videography, editing, all of these things that kind of come together. So very, very good. Uh let's see what we got here. We do a gravy chiming in here. He says, Bobby, it may be my speaker, but you sound scratchy. It could be. I don't know. I know our audio over here sounds wonderful, so I'm not I'm not too concerned about it. Um yeah, I don't know what to tell you guys. Everything sounds good on my end, and, and what comes out on the podcast is going to be uh, be nice and polished as normal. <laughs> Bobby, you've got me trained at this point of two years yeah. of doing this because I was waiting for the break to tell you. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I've, yeah, it's um, it's a little scratchy and actually sounds like like uh, I mean, it synthesizer doesn't really do the yeah. listener any good to listen to that element of it. So I'll just edit all this shit out. But yeah, you know. <laughs> Yeah, well, we're, there, we're there. You go, listeners. Uh, yeah. 
This is why the patrons pay the big Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Um, <laughs> cool. So, Sean, tell me about your week, bud. <laughs> Hold on. Still, Still sick. <laughs> no, it's just lingering. Like, yeah. I, like I said, when I um, when I had gotten sick a couple weeks ago, I made sure just to be safe to take a COVID test. You know what I mean? Everybody in my yeah. house has had it, but except for me. But I'm like, all right, well, let's check it out. And just this hacking hasn't stopped. And I'm not even hacking anything up anymore. It's just a dry cough. So that sucks. the worst. Yeah. Like, that's the sucks. worst. When it's not productive. No, I'm not hacking anything up. Yeah, it's all just that sucks. regular mucus. Um, Well, we had a big, uh, we had our, 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 our biggest event of the year for MAKB. We had the championship over at Lake Quinn Sigamond. Um, on my end, I mean, I'll get into the tournament results mm-hmm. later, but on my end, I was uh, I was unable to pre-fish, and that hurts me a lot sometimes, especially on big bodies of water and especially on lakes I've never been to before. So I was just going to ask if this was a new one for you. It was, yeah. I've never fished there before. That's I mean, rough. it's that big lake in Worcester when you go over 190 to 290. What was it, 190? I think it's 190. And you, you go over 190 and you see it mm-hmm. right there. It's right underneath the bridge. And that's actually where I launched from and went back under 190. I just, it was a tough bite. Um, I'm officially, I'm going to breaking news right here. Breaking news. Maybe we should get the sound effect for breaking news. That, that ticker tape thing. That hold on. Hold on. I got you. I got you. Uh, yeah. Journalist dream. There we go. Go ahead. All right. Breaking news. According to Sean, the fisherman, whose opinion means absolutely nothing. It is now fall in central and western Massachusetts. It's true. It is. It's now fall. It's now fall. Congratulations. Everyone feel free to fire a sweater on, suck down some pumpkin whatever, ingest it somehow, inject it. I don't give a shit. It's pumpkin time. And uh, whatever your fall patterns are, go ahead and talk about them now. Uh, It was a little early in August. Thank you, management. It was a lot early in August. I that's I'll tell you, like people need to chill with the fall shit. I get it. I I believe me. I a hundred percent get it. And also, it's funny. While you bring up a real good point, you and I have often talked about how just because the calendar says one thing environmentally, and you know, especially on a on a on a local or even a regional level. Like, the, there's a lot more wiggle room. There's other signs that you need to be looking for. And I know you don't watch a lot of the YouTube fishing content that's out there, but I have noticed the last, I mean, really, I think like the last year, year or so, I have seen so many different videos where people say, great baits to throw in this month, these 28 days. You know, have you seen any of these? No, I haven't. I mean, dude, yeah. I just I'm not on YouTube. All I know that much. you're not. Yeah, but I mean, um, I feel like you can't miss them. I've seen them from Tactical Bass, and I've seen them from like reputable, like knowledgeable folks, you know. But like, I just I, in some of these cases, I'm kind of like, you would be the old like adage of like what you're looking for in the fall are these key signs water temps being about this much you're looking for when you can actually notice that you've got lower temperatures at night over over an, uh, not just like a random cold night but like over an extended period of time you know when you see the patterns actually start to change the sun is a huge one you know your days actually yeah. start getting shorter that's huge and and that's you know 
that should align with your water temps and you're going to see things, you know, start changing there. But yeah, you're a hundred percent right, man. It's fault. When you told me today that, uh, what the water temps were, where you were, what I think I guess like 10 or 11 degrees higher. Yeah. And that was I it think. for the main lake. Yeah. But I, I went to that one area where it was much, much colder and it, I wasted time going back there because it was under a, a smaller bridge and I needed to, um, I, I needed to collapse, so, you know, take all the rods down, get back yep. there. And then I went way, I saw the temperature dropping as I was going north, which again, this is another one of those unusual lakes. Yeah, which an anomaly. A, a stream or a feeder, you know, spring or something in there. Yep. But man, that water was, was almost 10 degrees colder. That's and I crazy. said, oh shit. And I went back. So that was just a, a waste of time. Um, but it was a tough bite. Um, we got there. Oh, man, I showed up about 5 o'clock. Ken Wood was there and Bill Galekis were already there. The plan was um, there were two launches at Quinsigamon, a north and a south. Yep. Um, th- out of 38 people that fished, 30 went to the south. So right off there, that's some ominous foreboding. Like, yeah. You know, but it's all right. We'll, we'll, get into, um, it, we'll get into some of the reasons that, that I chose the north in uh, just a tip, believe it or not. Um, a lot of stuff comes into that. Mm-hmm. Uh, decision that is outside of just straight up trying to catch fish yeah but either way um in the southern launch nelson was planning on cooking breakfast for everybody and in the northern launch i cooked breakfast for everybody now last year at webster lake webster for the championship i cooked but i there was only a few people around i had some extra stuff and i just said hey you want something like real quick now it was planned so i made sure i had plenty of food on hand um i sliced up some um i sliced up some some uh maple chicken sausages cooked them the night before, before I left, reheated them in the microwave and then threw them into a, a, a different cooler. So they mm-hmm. were warm still and uh, didn't really have to do much with them. I just reheated them quick. Cause you know how it is, man. Sausage, meat products take a while to heat up. Oh yeah. So they were, they were slightly warm. Yep. They were slightly warm. And I, um, uh, I went ahead and, you know, heated, reheated them on the freaking stove. Yep. Got everything ready. I made egg and cheese and sausage wraps. Nice. Yeah, it was good stuff. Not bad. So we uh, we uh, we cooked those up. We had the nice wraps. Uh, Ken Wood brought uh, coffee and donuts, and I believe Bruce Levy did on the south side. So it was a nice director tag team effort of making sure there was food yep. for everybody. We were all good to go. And then um, right as I was cleaning up, I was letting I I was letting my my grill cool down because obviously I put my grill back in my truck. Mm-hmm. Um. Steve Hedges was parked a couple people over for me, a couple spots over for me. And I hear, yep. hey, does anybody know how to work with electrical stuff? And I'm like, depends. What do you need? One of his contacts had broken off for his battery for his fish finder. Oh, shit. So I said, okay, let me add it. And all I had on me was multi-tool. I didn't bring any of my, you know, smaller diagonal cutters mm-hmm. or, or needle nose pliers or anything. <clears throat> I certainly didn't have any um, extra connectors. Yep. And um, I went to town with it. Luckily, who did have some of those things was Dan Regan. So Dan's oh, an air good. crew member anyways in his job, and he just happened to have a bunch of tools lying around. So yep. we, we went to town on this. Um, what ended up happening was the connector and the wire were, thankfully, soldered. So whatever mm-hmm. company provided that wiring, it was, it was a good connection. It wasn't just a, a, a crimp connection. Yeah. So it was soldered. The problem was it broke right at the connector, the wiring broke. There was a little bit of exposed wire. It broke right there. Oh. So I had to try, and it took me a while, and I, I'm lucky I didn't cut myself, but I took a knife blade and lifted the two 
the two parts, I mean, you know, of the connector, they were like flattened crimped, but they weren't like crimped crimped. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then I was able to grab that wire and start spinning it. So I broke the solder, pulled out that half inch or less of wire. Yep. But now the connector was a little opened up, cut back the wire uh, and popped it back in. And then looking directly, looking Steve directly in the eye, I completely electrical taped the shit out of it and said, you need to fix this the next time before the next time you go on the water. He won't. I believe he's fishing a KBF event, uh, the championship coming up. And I said, this needs to be fixed. This is yeah. a temp fix. So, um, Steve got on what, the water. What's the over under that you think he's going to do it? I don't know. Yeah. That's, I look at, I, hey, that kind of shit's I, serious, you know? Yeah. In, instead of me, um, prepping my stuff that's what i was doing cooking yeah. for everybody and fixing electrical problems so that's just part of the responsibility i guess if you're a director and if you're oh, a yeah. human being for trying to help somebody out you know yep. what i mean um so we did that I, and steve i don't know where steve finished top 25 i think but either way he got on the water Stop. i don't yeah. think he had any problems so he's just got to fix it when he um when he gets home that's that um as far as my day went i actually I was flying by the seat of my pants. I had three spots I wanted to hit. There was yeah. a, a submerged point, a series of docks, and then that north pond, the north, I don't know what it was, segment of the north mm -hmm. pond. I, it, was, it was under the bridge. Um, all that went out the window when I looked on my Garmin and I saw directly across from a launch, there was a stream pouring in. And I said, well, I'm going to go to that. Now, I did mark a bunch of fish there and I caught nothing. So right off the bat, I'm, you know, half hour, 45 minutes in and I said, well, I'm going to go across and start on these other docks that weren't on my docket. So I made a plan and then completely threw it out the window. Mm -hmm. um, when I got around the corner after the docks, there was a weed bed that I had no intention of hitting, and I caught my biggest fish of the day, which was a 16. Yay, congrats to me. Then I kept going up that shoreline and got nothing. A couple hits here and there. It was just such a slow bite. I, I should make mention, all the fish I caught were on a stickworm, whether it was weightless with mm -hmm. two of them or the other three were a Nedrick. I just cut I cut the thing. It was a five inch yep. I cut it when it was when I got bent up and or, or when it got ripped up, put it right on a Ned rig, and that was that. Um, so now it's whatever. I had a 16 incher after an hour, and then I think an hour later, I I had gone north, got into that pond, and said, Uh oh, I'm fucked. So now I'm like two, three hours into the tournament. I turn around and start with my original plan. And on this submerged point, I pulled up my second fish, which was 13, I believe, 13-something, whatever, 13 and change. Yep. Kept going around those docks, got nothing. Then I went back to the weed bed where I caught the 16, and the weed bed was pretty long, maybe 100 yards, kind of had a curve to it. And in the last hour of competition, so I just, I just caught those two fish, the 16 and the 13, in the first three hours. For the next five hours or four hours, I caught nothing. And then the last hour of the tournament, I got the magnificent three, as I will forever remember them, a 10 incher, a 10 and a quarter and a 10 and a half. I filled a bag and that was it. I was actually kind of mentally checked up by about 11 o'clock. I'm yeah. like, this is not good. Um, nobody really ran away with it like an eight, you know, 80 plus. Nobody even broke 80 inches. So mm. there, everybody was in it. It just there weren't there weren't the the size fish out there. There weren't those numbers of sized fish. That, yeah, that, that you need support it. Yeah. Yeah, there were some big ones that just got spread around. Yeah. I mean, an 18 inch smallmouth came in. I believe an 18 plus, a couple 18 inch plus largemouth, but it just, they were spread out. Now, I like tournaments like this because everybody who filled a bag was in it. Yeah. Right. So I finished with 60 inches. All right. Oh. And 
if I had just caught, you know, what, three 15s, four 15s, that would have added uh, five, 10. All of a sudden, I'm in it. I'm in 70 inches. 78 won it, I believe. You know what I mean? Shit. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah, so I like these. I mean, they're a little stressful, but I do like tournaments where it's not all big fish and you don't mm-hmm. have to catch giants the whole time. I prefer to to keep it level and it's I think everyone's I think more people stay in those tournaments. Yeah. But um yeah, man, that was uh that was the tournament. I, I mean uh, we'll talk about it more um with the actual results in the tourney section, but we mm-hmm. had a blast. We went to the the event afterwards, talked about this year, did all the giveaways, um, talked about the event obviously, and and we're We've got a lot of things on the docket for next year uh, for MAKB. Once again, a year is done. We have one more event um, that's on the schedule. There could always be an unscheduled one if the weather stays warm. Yep. But uh, we have the catch them all brawl at the end of October, mm-hmm. and uh, we're uh, we're ready to rock. I mean, this is this was another good year. Personally, I didn't do well as an angler. I think I actually probably took a step back from the year I had um, in 2021. But as a director, I think I did more good things you up the level and yeah it's it, I, my experience level and and the way i executed certain things were mm-hmm. i think a lot better and um i mean i think the numbers of people coming not only going to the events but coming back to them yeah kind of illustrated it's that good. and i'm fine with that yeah 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 they say so, yeah the proof is in the pudding so i mean that's you're on on something good yep yeah we did a we i mean obviously i'm saying this I couldn't have done any of this without Nelson. He's yep. like the backbone of this operation. Anytime I say, hey, what do you think? Or, hey, we need to get some, something done. He's on top of that shit. Yep. So cool. it's great. It's great to have a really good assistant director. And I'm looking yep. forward to uh, to next year, just starting all over again. And we'll see what happens. Yep, exactly. Now, there was something else that happened this week. Yep, and, there was. Uh, it was, it was uh, of the, uh, it was a real test, I guess, of our gastrointestinal fortitude. Fat guys doing fat guy things. Yeah, I think it's the title. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. Uh, we went. We did finally make it to the Big E after a couple of stumbling blocks. We were thinking we were going to do it earlier in the week. Did not happen the way we thought, but we ended up uh, ended up making it on Thursday. Uh, and yep. we we pretty much went there and we ate our way through the Big E, which I I'm okay with. <laughs> you know what I mean. We seriously ate our way through it. That's an excellent, excellent way to describe yeah. what we did. We, uh, where do we start? Where are we? I, you know what? I think we talked. We actually even reflected on this as we were moaning because of eating so much food oh, yeah. on the way home. And we started at the top of the mountain and rolled downhill, didn't we? We really did. Like there were some fun little ventures, but we really we set the bar kind of high going in. <laughs> We we definitely we did. did, and this is this is all thanks to you having a little recon mission beforehand to kind of like map and guide out a few ideas that are definite must hit spots. So to start, we walked in the gate and we walked immediately to a place called it's uh, Tots a Lots. Lots of tots. Is it? I thought I was saying it backwards when I said tots. Lots of tots. Let oh, you ch- took a picture of it. I did. I'm going to take the picture. I'm going to. I'm going to take a look at the sign, <clears throat> and I'll, I'll. I'll find out for sure. Because I last thing I want to do is uh, is get. We don't want to besmirch the tot it? people. No, I don't want to besmirch the tot people at all. <laughs> mm, where is it? Well, I'll start describing while tots you're looking. A lot. The, uh... It is tots a lot. Oh, it was tots a lot. Okay, yeah. good. Oh, my bad. 
I think I have in my notes as lots of tots, so I got to change that. Um, we went there and we ordered. We actually asked them to split it for <laughs> us so we could have. They gave us more tots, which was great. They might even have given us a double order. I have no idea, but we brought out the camera. Now I. I have not been on Instagram the past day or so very much. Have did you were you able to post a video? I yet? didn't post or it yet. That... I was playing around oh, with okay. a couple of different things, and I'm like, all right, I want to, I want to, I want to make this look nice. Okay, um, good. All right, so so there you go, people. You got a teaser right there. We we actually made a video of two yeah. fat middle oh, aged yeah. men eating fair food <laughs> and making comments. And the artwork for this episode comes from that outing. <laughs> yes, from the yes the verst house. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, well, we um we Bobby's did. We'll get into that in a second shack. too because that was no. <laughs> what what Bobby's sausage shack. <laughs> that was stop number two. Yeah, <laughs> now that was that that picture that we got of the uh, at that German place. That was also another highlight for you. Oh, that was fucking. That great. was I was watching you eat that and I couldn't do it and I was I couldn't eat it and I'm <sighs> just sitting there jealously watching you engulf it. But um, <clears throat> tots a lots. Tots, lots, lots of tots, big lots, wherever the hell we were, right? <laughs> big tots. <laughs> big tots. <laughs> Pair of big tots. <laughs> we uh, <sighs> we ate lobster and butter tater tots. Can yeah. we, do we have the words to describe this? I don't think I do because it was melt in your mouth. Yeah, it was out of this lobster. freaking world. It was so good. It was so good. And, um, just it, it, you don't understand. Like there's folks that love lobster, and they're like, "Oh, okay, that's that's great, that's cute." No, this took it to like a, the next level. Like it's like yeah. putting lobster, right, and 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 clarified butter, right, and the yep. flavor combination that is on there, on one of the best vessels you could put on there, the tater tot. Yeah, it was extra good. crispy. Oh God, they were so crispy, and then like you said, this is melting in my mouth, and yeah. I was like. That is the best definition for what's going on right now. And it was claw meat. It was almost all claw meat. So good. So thanks, thanks to them. And it turns out the uh, one of the uh, one of the folks working there I went to high school with. So yeah. that was that was nice. Good good conversation starter there. So that was pretty funny. Um, where did we go next? Next up, we uh, we we went to the. Oh, I went to the the Verst House. There was a, a menu item that caught my attention, and it was uh, a Bavarian poutine, which was fries with sliced bratwurst, um, these like pickled red peppers, and their house made beer cheese, smothering everything, and it was absolutely out of this freaking world. It was dynamite. Um, and this was where you made the pulled pork stop, right? Yes. Uh, there was a barbecue. I believe it was Porky's Barbecue, and they had pulled pork, and their barbecue sauce is fantastic. It was a sweet barbecue I put on there with my pulled pork. Loved it. Yeah. Loved it. So good. And what was nice was that the Verst House had a small tent that had probably like six or eight you know, picnic tables underneath the tent set up there. There was a little stage. Uh, where they had, you know, music like later in the day and all kinds of stuff. Plus, they had a full bar back there as well. So we just kind of, because I had ordered from there, we just kind of snuck in there and ate our food underneath their tent. And we saw one of those like, you know, the cutouts that you see at like any type of uh, 
<laughs> event or or ongoing or something where you have like you know some type of a display with the faces cut out and people go and stick well that's what you're looking at for the artwork right there that's sean and i and our our crafty our handiwork and just so you know there was no um choosing of of who was going in what hole it simply was <laughs> by height which which i understand sometimes is how adult movies <laughs> choose true. that too it's true <laughs> oh my god so we followed that now was did, did we go to the main building after that i think we did i think we did let go me to the think main we building. went yeah we went from that that area where i ate the pulled pork and you ate the bavarian uh, uh poutine we went from there to the main building now the main building has one of my favorite things in it. it's one of the the um i mean no matter what like if i'm going to the big e it's what i'm getting all right, and this sounds so funny with a fair. It's the healthiest thing in the world. It is. There is a company, yeah, there's a company from Maine that makes their own root beer and has smoked salmon on a stick. It is so good. It's my my favorite salmon. I eat salmon in, in a lot of restaurants, yeah. and I really, I really enjoy salmon, but eating it at the Big E on a stick is a whole new level. And I believe you had some too, right? I yes, did. you did. Yep. Oh, yeah. And it was absolutely, absolutely out of this world. Yeah, it was good. So good. Um, <clears throat> from there, I think we got stupid at that point and went to a local ice cream, a local creamery that has a booth at the Big E or a, um, or a trailer, and we went to Moolicious. Moolicious uh, Creamery is down in Feeding Hills in, in Agawam, Agawam, basically, mm-hmm. in Mass. And uh, they had... We we just what we, we got milkshakes right. You got a coffee. I got a villa. Yeah, we went with some shakes after that because what what other way to wash down all that fair food <laughs> than with some ice cream and, and additional dairy? We did it. It was great. Well, we did it. And that that was the end of my day. I actually went home and over. I, I had a, a little bit of time before I had to go pick the kids up. So I did in fact pass out in a chair for about forty five minutes, just straight up carb coma. Um. We uh we ate well. We did. We, we ate, ate very well. well. Yeah. It was a good day. That was that was definitely definitely a very very fun day. I was curious if we were going to be able to make it happen simply because the um the amazing, you know, like schedule for this this whole week has just been insanity. I think I had a yeah, meeting this- on Tuesday. We were supposed to go and I think I had a meeting that popped up on Tuesday, like last minute where I was waiting for them to get back to me. <laughs> and I assumed it actually that the meeting was going to be on Thursday or something. Um, you know what's interesting actually, and this kind of goes into the whole week kind of coverage, is that uh, the day of that meeting, uh, it was in Munson and uh, there was a, a spot that I had fished last fall. It was actually, it was like right after I got, got the truck. Right after I got the Forerunner, um, I had fished this one spot, and it's basically just like there's there's this small brook or a stream that kind of dumps into this one area. There's a small dam there, and it, there's a, a, a small area that you easily could hold fish. Well, I'm guessing this is because of the drought, but, man, that thing was like bone dry, dude. I could have walked across it. There was just a small trickle from the uh, initial creek just going right around through, through the... Uh, uh, what do you call it? Spillway. Oh. Yeah, just dumping right out through the other side. I was like, really? No shit. I don't know. It was just, I, I don't know what's going on. Um, huh. Yeah, kind of crazy. And uh, 
I also found a bridge that day that I had fished at, uh, just, you know, throwing a net rig over off to the side. I got a nice hit from it. I could see it. It was like so clear, a little small mouth. And, uh, I was, I was kind of let down. I wasn't able to hook that some bitch, but huh. yeah, good stuff, man. Yeah. Thursday was great. I loved it. I, I also took a nap, uh, on Thursday. I went, <laughs> I went like an hour and a half early to my daughter's bus stop, which is luckily in a shopping plaza. So it's not like I was parked like on the side of the road in front of somebody's house or something. And I just freaking nodded off, put on a podcast uh, out of this world. <laughs> I did the same. Yeah. Yeah. I passed out and I went to pick the kids up and that was, uh, that was it. And then, like I said, Saturday was Saturday. Um, I, I think, I think that wraps our week, man. I mean, really, we saved the best for last that, yeah. that, Big E was that phenomenal. was awesome. Now, that was so good. It, even though, and I will say this, it was kind of funny where you were setting up the camera with the tripod, and we were basically moaning <laughs> yes. in ecstasy over the food, and people were just staring at us because, of course, we're wearing jigs and bigs gear. We didn't plan that either. That was pretty funny. We wore the same dress to the prom, and we just uh, we hooked it up, man, and uh, it was kind of nice. And I said something to you. I'm like, yeah, it is kind of funny. We put this thing on. We're wearing the same stuff and just start moaning about food. People have all of a sudden are very interested in what we're oh, doing, yeah. so that was Looking. kind of fun onlookers like every which way there there's a clip somewhere where like somebody's walking by and she said well jordan said such and such and in the video i reference it it's like oh yeah he was he's a real piece of shit you know <laughs> something like that <laughs> yeah oh, so the man. biggie biggie was a good time i did more biggie this year than i have in years i mean i ended i ended up going again that night too oh you did make it that night my kids wanted to go, so I went back, and I only got uh, you know what I did just to, just for shits and grins. I tried the uh, I went back to uh, lots of tots or tots of lots or yep. whatever the fuck I already forgot the name. Um, I went back there, and I got the what did I get? It was uh, I got the loaded tots, bacon, cheese, oh, and God. sour cream and chives. Yeah. Good. It just they they just they hit the home run. They got their crispness down in their tots, and it doesn't matter what they put on them. It's true. It was great. They're just awesome. We did do a little bit of networking while we were there with them because we would love to work with with tots a lot uh, for upcoming jigs and bigs events and things like that. I think that would be out of this world. I, I don't I don't think maybe aside from Wild Bill, you know, in his carb counting and stuff. I think anybody that's in our little network of friends would thoroughly enjoy that especially the lobster tots and then bill may have cheat days he could he could yeah it could happen you know what i mean um let's talk though there has been and and i the the way you you had uh, written this out in the intro was exactly the right right way to word it that there's been something very heavy sitting on the face of the entire world of fishing um over the last couple of days so much in fact that i have had an ungodly amount of people who are not folks that are uh, into fishing at all sending me all kinds of stuff online, different videos from all different sources, like links to everything, articles, you name it. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and, and just kind of go over like some of the, the, the details here. But basically, this is all about uh, like the New York Times says fishing contests rocked by cheating charges after weights are founding winning catches. Uh, two competitors stuffed walleye with lead sinkers in a scheme that was caught after the tournament, dire- tournament director and attendees grew suspicious. Um, 
Jason Fisher became suspicious. He is the tournament director. When the five fish that he estimated to be about four pounds apiece or 20 pounds total weighed in at nearly 34 pounds, attendees at the fishing tournament in Cleveland on Friday also had doubts, one of them saying, no way. Mr. Fisher was the director of the tournament, known as the... Uh, Lake Erie Walleye Trail. He inspected one of the walleye and he felt that there was a hard object in its stomach that seemed unnatural. It's not like they're eating rocks, he said. He grabbed a knife, sliced open the fish as Jacob Runyon, one member of the two-person team that presented it for weighing, looked on. The next moments rocked the competitive fishing world. We've got weights and fish, Mr. Fisher shouted, holding up an egg-sized lead ball that he plucked from the fish in a dramatic moment captured on video and posted online. This is where you see everybody where he takes the fish out uh, or he takes the, the sinker out of the fish and then drops it into the basket. You hear this thing hit with like some force. Umpire ejecting an unruly player. He says, get out of here, he shouted, interjecting the demand with an expletive. Yeah, he did. Uh, members of the crowd accused the men of theft and demanded that police be called. Mr. Runyon and his teammate Chase Kaminsky would have finished in first place and scored a prize of about $30,000, but they were disqualified after the lead ball and subsequently several others were discovered in the fish, said Mr. Fisher. Um, I had heard that this uh, this pot for this tournament was much, much higher than that 30000 mark. Um, but $30,000 is a shitload of money. That's a good amount of money for one tournament. Yep. And it's a lot more. I had heard there were like dollar amounts thrown around that were like $500,000. And I'm like, how, what? I'm like, that's how much did it cost to get into this thing? How many people do they have entering? You know, and it, these are all things that kind of ran through my mind. And that 30000 makes a whole lot more sense. Um, you know, I had heard forty-five, but I—that I, was just word of mouth. You know, we yeah. were, this was obviously a, our big dis one of our big discussions at the ramp after oh, yeah. Yeah. The tournament. I mean, when I was on the water, my phone was blowing up, and I'm not looking at these links, going, "What the hell's going on?" And I was getting links from everyone. Again, people that don't fish sending me this. Yep. And and, and um, yeah, it was crazy, man. It was it was weird how it really this really crossed over into real life. It it definitely definitely did, and I think that. A lot of people think of like competitive fishing, your average layman, if if I can use that term, your average person that's not invested in tournament fishing, in competitive fishing at all, probably thinks that these events happen so rare. And I'm not talking about the cheating. I'm just talking about the tournaments. They probably are completely unaware and oblivious to the money involved, to, you know, the specifics. And everything else. And uh, I believe it was, uh, I think Greg Noser actually from the KFL had uh, put up a post that I spotted on Facebook today. And he said, this could be avoided if some of these old tactics for tournaments, like bringing in uh, uh, your, your, your best five for a weigh-in, you know, if they changed the way they did it and either adopted CPR or even like the old MLF style where you weigh them, uh, you measure them with an official on a boat and then immediately release something like that, because then you don't have the time to tamper with them. You catch them, you measure them, they're done. Um, you know, I mean, there's, there's, I, I can't understand in this day and age why the appeal is still here for that, you know, big five. I'll tell you exactly why, because the folks that run these, these tournaments that yeah. are catch and keep for, you know, I know they're catch, they eventually get released, but you catch a fish 
in the first 10 minutes of an eight-hour tournament and throwing your live well, that thing's going to be stressed and beat up no matter what chemicals oh, exactly. you're putting in there, yeah. no matter what, right? Yeah. Um, they want to see the fish presented at the weigh-in. Everyone wants to be like BASS. Yeah, exactly. seeing them Because they're the oldest. Mm -hmm. Everyone wants to have the champion holding up two massive slobs, one in each yep. hand. And, and some fish, too. Uh, <laughs> couple of Sorry. slobs. From the big, fresh, packed, full of lobster and tater tots. <laughs> Hold up two slobs. We should have a booth next year. Hold up two slobs. But oh, the bottom line is they, they want that. I don't know if it's for the sponsors. I don't know because yeah. it's... It, it's filtered down to even the smallest tournaments that are mm -hmm. that are big boat tournaments, and you have to hold up these fish. There's no reason for it anymore. And on top of that, remember that that article we discussed where I did I found that um, there was research done. It was supposed to be what a 12 year project, and they stopped it after four because they saw what kind of damage um, the gene pool was getting hit with because people are catching big fish around spawn time, and instead of putting them back in the water where they might go back to their nest. They're bringing them to a launch miles away, eight hours later. Yeah. And then it turns out those fish just don't breed for the year. So when you hear big boat anglers talk about, well, you know, don't take fish because you're, you know, don't ever take fish, put them back. You're risking the fish's health by keeping it in your live well for any amount of time. Number one. Number two. Yeah. If you're taking it during the spawn, you're doing more damage to the gene pool than, than keeping X amount of, you know, edible fish. It's, it's, it's an arcane, yeah. archaic not arcane arcade they're not into black magic <laughs> it's, an, it's an, although it might as well be it's an archaic fucking thing from the past that needs to go now there's a couple other things that we've evolved mm -hmm. a little bit at least it's just to that now i mean there's still tournaments out there that nail fish to boards i was just you gonna bring I mean? that up yeah where like so, i i've seen that before where that's like oh yeah this is the lunker well was the lunker because it ceases yep. to live now. Um, you know, I, I think that that we can probably make the assumption that I'll tell you, if there's one thing about CPR that I, <coughs> I am all about. Yes, there's there are there's, just this year. There were people that uh, that had kind of pulled the the wool off of the, uh, oh, you know, from the eyes, kind of exposing some of the methods that were used to cheat. But I'll tell you what, man, it's a whole lot harder to cheat with CPR. It really, really is. Like, I'm not saying that that it's a challenge, but I think anytime you have some sort of competition, and I see this all the time when I'm in bars and restaurants hosting my stupid little game show, you know, like I've told people, they're like, oh, yeah, we could do a big prize. We did like a $100, you know, gift card, or we do a gift card for this place or something like that. I'm like, that's a great idea. But with that, you're going to bring in people that are just overly competitive. And some people, they want to, you know, push the envelope. Luckily, with what I do, it's very obvious when somebody's trying to cheat. But, you know, in, in the sense of something like this, what was it? I think I think it was that article, if I had gone through a little bit further, like they actually list some of the methods that people have been caught with. I had heard also that um, this pair from this tournament had uh, uh, many other instances of being accused of cheating in the past. And... Uh, had even failed a polygraph test. And then they have some yeah. kind of a hotshot lawyer that, you know, got it kicked out, you know, or had, had you know, somehow somehow pulled the steam out of that. So, I mean, I don't know, man. Look, it, it still does happen, but I think it's yep. a lot rarer. Dude, they should be all going CPR at this point. Yeah. You know, and, then, there's, there's and then we got to talk about... 
you know, we, we got to talk about what what about these two guys? Like, what can we do about them? Like, I know you and I had mentioned, had talked before we started uh, the show that, you know, oh, there's lawsuits. You can go after them. But then you have to prove that they cheated then. And you don't have those fish to figure out. You know, you don't have the all you have is the basically the the testimony of the the judges or the tournament director or those involved, um, other competitors, you know, I mean, all that stuff. So it gets really, really tough. Personally, I, I kind of think, like, why has nobody like considered the idea of just like public shaming? You know, I mean, obviously this is going to do something, but like start a, a list of like these are competitors where this is they've been busted and that we're not going to let them compete. They try to enter. We're going to refund their, you know, their their tournament fees for whatever. You know, you're not you're not welcome. Done deal. I think if nothing else for that one trail, that walleye trail, that should be the case. Yeah, I, I mean, there are I know um, I know of local competitors that have cheated and they're still blacklisted they're not going to get back in because that's that was the rule like if you cheat you're never fishing with with anybody again and i'm not going to get into the details on the one particular i know but um yeah i mean all these organizations that are linked together that that have different relationships yeah the directors may talk and like hey if if you know, you know, this guy's in your tournament, like, just so you know, he got booted from us and we're an affiliate. Like you can't let this yeah, guy exactly. fish. And, um, you know, it happens. It really, it does like, but the bottom line is don't cheat. I mean, yeah. You know, you want to, you want to take a, you know, take a chance at winning a few bucks here, maybe, maybe a year or two, like these two assholes and good. Now you're done. You're not fishing in any, any competition exactly. anymore. Cause the, the public shaming happened and it happened on the internet, which is forever. So. Well, and, and that's the thing. Like, I think that the, the, what we're seeing is that it's, it's obviously happening where it's getting the attention of, you know, even those that aren't invested in competitive fishing or, or fishing for, you know, for sport where they're, they're aware of what's going on. And, and now, you know, it just, it fucking looks awful, you know? For them. Yeah. It really, really does. It's a bad look, boys. It's a bad look. Uh, someone had had also, in one conversation I was having today, had said that the boat that they had competed in for this tournament, they had won from a previous tournament. Yeah, that like, figures. Wouldn't that be amazing? Wouldn't that be amazing? Pieces of shit. Yeah, well, they're, um, they're done now, but it was amazing, and you and I both... We're amazed at yep. the phones blowing up for a day over this because hey, we're, we're thankful to all of our friends, acquaintances, etc. that that reached out. Um, it's fucking crazy. It's crazy. Just don't cheat. And uh, honestly, big boat folks, there's no reason you guys should be keeping these fish anymore, especially oh, yeah. at the lower levels. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know who's going to be the first to. <clears throat> I don't know who's going to be the first to to take a step and. You know, say, hey, we can do this with an app, and and there's less risk of cheating. Yeah, but you know, there's got to be a discussion somewhere. I'm I'm not doing a big boat. I don't own a big boat, so it ain't gonna be me. You know, and I know, like, you make a good point about having that moment where you have everybody gather and you have the results, and everybody's holding up the fish and all this other stuff, and that's great. But there are ways where you could do some kind of a reveal of, you know, 
the the results uh you know once everything's been judged and everything you you do some awards you keep people in the dark as much as you can and then you you have everybody gather and you do some some awards or something like that i mean like there's things that you could do if you just use a little creativity you could get beyond something like this where somebody's going to try to you know pull a fast one because i'm telling you you give anybody the option they're going to try you know, yep. there's people out there that are just like, well, oh, I mean, we can, we can probably get away with this. So cheaters yeah, suck. I, I, it can be done. It, it can be done. The kayak world shows that yeah. there's no reason every week it shows it. Yep. There's no reason it can't be done. So, yep. yep that's that. <sighs> well, I think let's go ahead. We're going to put a, a bow on this segment here, guys. We're going to wrap this one up. Come back around. We got just the tip for you. That's got to we're talking more tournament stuff in uh, in our next segment, both in just the tip, the tourney updates and then uh, our bait of the week this week. We're going uh, we're going with something loud and something big. That's what we're doing. Uh, we're talking rats, specifically the Spro BBZ rat. Why do I love it? You'll find out. Uh, we're going to take a short break, guys. We will be back with more right after this jigs and bigs wants to take a moment to say thank you to our partners for helping us continue to push the limits of our fishing adventures and bring you amazing long-form content we want to thank old glory outdoors in east brookfield massachusetts old glory has an amazing selection of fishing tackle including six cents guggenbaits x-zone lures shimano daiwa lose 13 fishing arc rods and many more use promo code jigs and bigs at oldgloryoutdoors.com and in store to see Save yourself some money and support the show. For all your premium kayak needs, we partner with Three Bells Outfitters. Located along Smith Cove in Niantic, Connecticut, Three Bells is your go-to location for kayaks and accessories from Hobie, Native, Bonafide, Jackson, Yakatek, Nakwa, Boondocks, Burley Pro, and many more. Financing options are available to upgrade you and your kayak fishing experience. White Glove Delivery Service is also available. Visit 3bellsoutfitters.com for more info and don't forget to tell them that Jigs and Bigs sent you. When it comes to high quality polarized sunglasses, we've partnered with Torej. They provide stylish sunglasses in a variety of frames that are light and fit comfortably on your face. The polarization cuts glare and allows you to see the whole picture, helping you identify what's below the water surface they have a 60-day risk-free trial lifetime warranty and free shipping plus you can save yourself 10 percent with the code jigs and bigs 10 at checkout visit torej.com to check out their selection that's www.toreg.com again we cannot thank our partners enough for their support please consider supporting them and supporting the show in the same process thanks Bobby and Sean now have a special presentation for us all. They'd like to give everyone just the tip. Bobby Roast Beef, you made a comment to someone about maybe three, four weeks ago, and you told me about that comment. I was very yep. flattered. I was very flattered. You said to someone when you were discussing me and my love of fishing tournaments, you said, if tournaments weren't invented... Sean would invent them just to run them. <laughs> I said, guilty as charged. Yes, yeah. I do love running tournaments. So part of that running tournaments is not just getting people to the event. It's getting them to come back. 
Yes. And Agreed. if you can get people to come back, that's a successful. That's gone from a tournament to a tournament trail. Yeah. And um, one of the things that that I think, I, I mean, there's a number of tips to, to, to any aspiring tournament director. Obviously, you have to be on top of your stuff with whatever app you're using. If you're using an mm -hmm. app, hopefully you're not in a big boat tournament and killing fish. Oh, I'm sorry. You're cheating. I mean, I mean I'm sorry. Um, you know, hopefully you're not in a big boat tournament. But the, uh, the there's a lot of things that go into that. Um, some of the things, obviously, you have to put, and I think the most important thing is, if you're fishing your tournaments, if you're allowed to fish your tournaments, some places don't allow directors to fish. Most kayak tournaments do. If um, if you're directing, that comes first. Yeah. So that means yeah. if you've got some sort of directorial responsibility, whether you're on the water, whether you're getting ready like this weekend, and and after the tournament, like you, it's you have to focus on that. Fishing is secondary. Mm -hmm. All right. <clears throat> um, during this year, I think I had. I mean, look, right off the bat, when Russ went in the water in April, all right, I'm the director. Do you think I'm, do you think I just sat there and said, is he okay? Is he all right? When I heard that, I stopped what I was doing and immediately went to make sure he was okay. Yeah. Thankfully, others had addressed the situation by the time I got there, but it didn't mean that I was going to sit there and say, well, yeah. I'm fishing. Is he okay? Yeah. I didn't. I got over there. The bite's good. Um, yeah. Now the that's that's a great example of putting the the tournament trail before you. And and there's always things you do. Always make sure you're getting input from your members. They're the backbone of this. You're just the head. Mm -hmm. And if they don't like the direction you're going in, you better find out why really quickly. So continue to talk to your members. Yeah. I try to stay as transparent as possible with all the members for both Oh, for both for MAKB, mm -hmm. um, with what I can again. Ken's the head of this. I don't do any. I don't. I don't freelance without his say. So yeah, but, but you, as far you as, know your role, and you know when it comes to the Western stuff that you know, like you have a way that you run things. You know, yeah, there, yeah, definitely. Our yeah. our captain's briefing before the event. There's, I'm sure, there's different phrases that are used, but I have the okay to say those phrases. <laughs> you know. Um, and as far as like MAKB, or MAKB, excuse me, as far as chronic trips and jigs and bigs, yep. um, even though I really don't have to, you and Seth have appointed me to be the director for these things. I still run stuff by you guys. Yeah, exactly. Because it's just, it's the right thing to do. So it's, it's always transparency. And I always say no one likes surprises. Yeah. Least of all people who have to answer for shit. So I, I, I mean, maintain transparency. Think of your members. Always try to get your members input. If I always say if there's anything I can do better, please ask. And usually if something comes up, I'll get a question like, hey, why aren't we fishing this particular lake? Yeah. Or body of water? I have an answer for that. Yeah. Um, most of my answers for MAKB for the West have been, um, well, there's a parking issue or it's a Corps of Engineers. I'm working on that. Or in one particular case, I'm holding on to this one for a specific reason and more to come on that. But yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it's 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 not just getting out and fishing. There's a lot that goes into it. Now, what we try to do with MAKB is we try to add a little extra mm -hmm. experience to it. So like when we can cooking, you know, having having some drinks afterwards or you know, I, I say drinks, I don't mean alcoholic although there are beers around, yep. but like making sure that everyone has a soda or extra bags of chips or something like that. So that when we're doing our little giveaways and stuff, it's just a little thing that can help out. And most of the time us directors pay for that shit out of our pockets. Yeah, and exactly. We're okay with it. I'm happy with it. I'm, 
I am so, I did not think this was going to happen two years ago. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I didn't think that last year I would be a little stressed out about, well, we're getting a small amount of people to our tournaments and, and, but they're, they're, they're they seem to be forming a core, like what's going to happen in 22 and then 22, the doors blew off. I mean, we, we averaged 20 to 25 people every tournament with a couple of sellouts. That's that awesome. Fucking amazing. Yeah. And I there, think it's there all are those... tournament trails that are out there that cannot say the same. Not you even know, close. Like, There's when you when you get like when you see that growth, and you've got the situation where seats or slots are filling up, you know, and the demand is there. That's a great problem to have. Yeah, it is. It really, it really is. It means we're doing something right. Yep. And people, they, people don't have to like us, but they have to like to come back. They should be liking the way that yeah. things are being run. Yeah. Um, and if it's being run fairly, because we've seen that plenty of tournament trails where there's even a stink of of some sort of i don't know competition imbalance shall yep. we say yep that that starts with the directors and they're not if they're not addressing it um that's on them and that's going to reflect people aren't going to come back so i mean look we can't please everybody there's always going to be one or two people that are going to have an issue and don't like the answer the way it's resolved exactly so you've got to try and and just keep things fair Make sure you're putting the trail before your fishing aspirations. And I mean, that's really the biggest thing. That's yeah. And try, try to provide whatever extras you can. I mean, we buy food and stuff on occasion. It's not every event, but we have the past couple we have. And I've been happy to like the final event of the Western division, me and Nelson cooked Yeah. the final, you know, the championship. Yeah. Me and Nelson cooked It's what we do. We're okay with it. Yeah. You know, so that's all I can say. It's the little things, man, you know? It, it really is. And put put that trail before yourself as a director, and you will start to see dividends. And make sure it's fair. Keep everything transparent. And try to give everyone an honest, fair answer to everything you do. And, any, yeah. you know, if, hey, if you're, you're making a ruling or doing something, let everyone know why. And then hopefully people can learn from it. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. That's Because ultimately that's, that's what you want. Yeah, that's it. So there's your tip, directors and aspiring directors. Pay attention to your shit. Help your people out. It's about them, not you. And and if you go with that, you should have success going forward. Truth. That's all I got. Uh, here we go. Buckle up. So this week... We got a, a message from Joe, uh, the bearded angler on Instagram, uh, fellow Hookshead Hoodlum alum. And uh, Joe, Joe sounded off about, uh, well, I feel like I feel like this is a continuation based on kind of the situation that I had last week uh, where I had um, a, a dog owner who um, Needed to check themselves, I think, a little bit is really, really kind of kind of the best way to word it. So Joe <laughs> had submitted uh, a little FTG message for this individual, and I'm going to go ahead and, uh, and play that for you. We'll talk about it on the back end. I have an FTG. Fishing at a lake in Connecticut, there's clear beach area and even a dog area, and then there's boat ramp and clear fishing area, meaning the side of the road. So like no fishing area except for the boat ramp. There's a woman has her dog in the water at the boat ramp screaming at us to stop fishing 
before her dog gets hooked. And I said to her, ma'am, there's a beach and a dog access. And she goes, yeah, but there's people over there, and I don't want the dog to get too excited. This is the best spot for her. And then refused to leave. To the point where when we casted, she threw the ball towards our lure, putting her dog in harm. So this woman's very special. Just wanted to say that. Hope you guys enjoy the story. My God. Well, so first wow, off, I didn't realize it was that bad. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty fucking bad. Um, the uh, throwing the ball toward the lure, um, man. What? That's a you're a special kind of stupid, aren't you, lady? This is a uh, Joe Joe Metacaran. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't think we've really uttered that up. term on the show. Yeah, but that's uh, text as far as Karen. FTG goes. Yeah, uh, you know, it's that it's it's the entitlement. You know what I mean? The entitlement. That drives me bananas. It's the, I know that there's an area for my dog at this location, but I'm not going to use it. This works better for her here. Like, what happens if somebody's got to launch their boat? You know? Like once that once that happens, like what is she gonna is she gonna move? No. Oh, I'm sorry, my dog's playing here. You can't launch your boat. Well, I can't just go to the beach and just drop my boat there. You know, um, yeah. According to her, you are because <laughs> she sucks. Oh, this <sighs> is awful. This is this terrible. Is these are they, this is the worst kind of human quality right here. The entitlement. Yeah. I oh nothing pisses me off more. It's true. Nothing. When it's just, uh, and like, could you imagine? Like, could you just imagine? If this poor dog had gotten a hook in its paw or something because she threw the ball over there. Yeah. I, There's a special word uh, aside from Karen. No, let me let me ask something. Joe lives okay. in our state, right? He does. He's yes. Not, all yeah. right. So chance sorry was fishing in our state, right? No, he was fishing in Connecticut, which I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and say that uh, this it just it the plot just thickens. I'm pretty bit. sure Connecticut has laws on the book about harassing outdoorsmen. Connecticut, really? Okay. I know I Mass so. does. I know Mass does. Yeah, so um I wonder, That's good I to wonder know. if that could have been invoked because you can call the cops and they'll get escorted out. Yeah, that would be like, that would be wonderful. I'm gonna Especially if he films it, everybody's got a phone. Um It's true. Harassing Outdoorsman. So, he was in a boat, right? Joe was in a boat? No, he wasn't. He was fishing from the bank. Oh, he was on the shore? Yeah, he was on the bank. Oh, my God. This woman completely sucks. Completely out of, uh, out, out of you know, her element. <laughs> oh, here we go. Okay, Connecticut hunting, chapter 952, penal code offenses. Let's see what we got here. Oh, my God. I'm going to have to go. No person shall obstruct or interfere with the lawful taking of wildlife by another person at a location where the activity is taking place with intent to prevent such taking. Sounds like that fine fucking human being just violated a Connecticut penal code. Yep. What a turd. Yeah. What a friggin' turd. Sounds like she needs to be kicked right in the penal code. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> 
That shit hurts. That shit hoit. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's Connecticut, so I'm sure she's insured to the teeth, whatever. Uh, my God, that's awful. Uh, Joe, I'm sorry you even had to deal with that bullshit. Like, ridiculous. Ridiculous. And I know Joe. I've fished with Joe. Joe's not the kind of kind of guy that's going to, like, snap back with something and, like, you know, frighten this lady away or some shit like that um, to be a douche. He's going to try and dissuade the situation like a civilized human being uh, because that's what Joe is. Joe, Joe, Joe's, Joe's a goddamn gentleman, and he's going to treat I you I would describe as Joe as... Yes, I would describe Joe as easygoing. He is. Joe is about as easygoing as you can get. Fuck. Well, I, I can't believe, man. People are just the worst. Why on earth, like, bring your dog anywhere else? And like, I know, I know, I know, it's a little bit further south than we are right now. But like, that water is cold. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that dog can only be loving that water so much. Oh, people suck, I don't know. dude. I don't, I don't. People for This is a good one. This is a head scratcher, man. If you, people, I know, you know, I'm rubbing my head now. If you can hear it. There you go. Rub my head if you can oh, hear yeah. that. Oh, I just, I, it, it blows my mind because people are so inconsiderate, you know, and, and, and over, overly entitled, you know. But there's yep. a dog section. Like, how many places are you going to go where you're going to fish where there is a, a, a dog section, like a VIP for canines? Well, there's people nearby. I don't want the dog to get excited. I don't so want I'd rather, the dog to get I'd rather excited. throw a ball at hooks. That's where you want to fire off your uh, your swim bait rod with a nice big old friggin' lead or your carp rig uh, with you know to take out lake lice. Just you know, eh, we're doing a little shore or, casting here. Or you're fucking reach into your cooler of harvested walleye and pull out a couple of fucking. There you go. <laughs> one ounce lead weights. <laughs> there Holy you go. Shit. <laughs> Throw a carcass of one of your illegally harvested walleyes. <laughs> Maybe you can spend that thirty thousand dollar purse on. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm just. Gonna... Oh, oh, good lord! God. You know what time it is, though. It's time. I got drunk. Time to. Yeah, I'm done with her. All right. So I have to. I have to talk a little bit about. First off, Bobby. While I'm pulling up Fishing Chaos because I was un- I was not ready for this, we not had some ready. technical difficulties we solved during the break, and I wasn't ready for it. Could you please do your thing and let the people know that we are in day two as of right now? It'll be day four by the time this airs. Yes, of the year's final jigs and bigs tournament. It- well, I'll tell you guys this much: um, we are just in October. Like it is, it is barely October right now, but uh, we're in that first week of uh, tournament action for the last monthly jigs and bigs of the year. And uh, you guys, you guys should definitely join if you haven't already. Become a part of it. All you got to do is download the Fishing Chaos app. Do a quick search. For jigs and bigs, you'll see it there. You can go ahead and enter and, uh, and and throw some fish in there. Have some fun. It's multi-species, and at, like we've been saying for the majority of this year, with the jigs and bigs tournaments, your multi-species experience is less like a traditional fishing tournament or fishing derby and more like uh, like a scavenger hunt. Get out there and catch as many species as possible. In fact, I wish I would have even been thinking about it today while I was out because I caught a variety of bass 
and uh, and a pickerel, and that would have been fantastic for uh, Jigs and Bigs to help kick things off. Damn it, Bobby, you dumb bastard. Well, you I got in on it, and and I should make note that my um my my one submission outside of the bass was a bluegill, very late a late season bluegill. I got okay. very happy with that. Nice, yes, good good stuff. So. You've got the month, folks. This is it. Warm weather is still sticking around a little bit. We got 70s coming this week, at least once up here in New England. Yeah. Get out there. It's your fall transition. Catch some fish. Put them up for jigs and bigs. You might be able to win some money. You might be able to win a couple prizes. Uh, I will say this. For prizes, for jigs and bigs, for first to 100, first to 200, first to 300, we have three things. I might just randomly assign them to places. Yep. Um, so of the three prizes, we have a power bank from Nakwa. Yep. With a always with a, a good gooseneck, one. With a gooseneck light. Yep. Quality. If you don't have that, that's good shit. Next up, we have a um, a bait or a bait pack provided by Wranglin Baits. I will talk to Derek about that because I have it written down, but I forgot it. And um, or I could look at where I wrote it down. And then the third is a prize by a, one of our favorite people, as if Derek and, and you know Heidi and Billy and Nakwa weren't, but one of our favorite people who's getting in on this. I made a little pickup, Bobby. Yes. Again, directors, directors doing things that are good for that are good for the tournament. I made a little pickup. Sarah Pendergast has been oh, make, yes. making has been making rod sleeves, and they are some of the most high quality rod sleeves, especially if you own a big boat and you have a um, what do you call it? A not a drawer, a uh, a, a rod locker, locker for your rods. Yeah. Yep. Yes, this is a fantastic rod sleeve. Um, I did pick one up for the tournament, so we'll be putting those in in the first to 100, first to 200, first to 300, and then cash prizes after that for uh, first place, second place. I don't know how many people are in it so far. I think there's 12 or 11. Oh, that's so great. We'll have up to th- yeah, so far. And we we com- dude, we completely forgot to to pump this up the oh, last I know. two weeks. This is good. So people are just hitting it. So get in on this last one if you can. Use bait. Use lures. Use uh, You just got to use a rod and reel. You can be in a boat. You can be on shore. You can be in a kayak. It yep. does not matter. But you have to have a catch board, and you have to have the identifier on there, folks. Yep. So get on that. Jump in. We'd love to see you. Now, use walleye fillets if you need. You Shove walleye fillets in there. Well, yeah. You know what? You can Fuck shove any, no anything rules. you want to fish. No, no, seriously. I don't care. Shove everything you want in the fish. Kill them all. You know why? I don't care. Because <laughs> it's a length tournament. As long as it doesn't look dead when you take the picture, I'm not going to say a word about it. Um, we did have a little bit of uh, we did have a little bit of confusion today. I'm yes. not going to name drop the contestant, but this could have been avoided by some serious rule perusing. Someone did ask that they were having problems submitting a couple of fish, and I said, "Were they under eight inches?" And I didn't get an answer back yet. But they were. I looked at the submissions themselves; they were and under they eight were. inches. Yeah, eight inch minimum for all fish except for sunfish, bluegills, yeah. red ears, pumpkin seeds. Six inches for those. That's all I got on the jigs and bigs. Let's jump over to chronic trips. We got chronic trips wrapped up. So, oh, I got your chronic this, trips right here. We're good to go, baby. Yes, you do. That is a big pile of glass chronic trips right there. Um, I bet you it's stinky too. The uh, the chronic trips September tournament wrapped up. I have our places and I have our first to two hundred, but our first to hundred, I have to uh, I have to go back and look. There was some uh, <clears throat> there was some confusion on that on my part, so I have to go back and look it up. But First to 200, Nate Shagnon. Nice job, dude. Nice job. Excellent job, dude. The 100 will require will require research. Yep. No problem on that. Um, 
And we'll start with third place. Three spots paid out in this one. Third place, 12 points, Nate Shagnon. Nice, dude. Dude. Now, second place, third place, second place, and first place were all separated by one point each. And I actually I had love that to close kind of fucking game. Yes. I actually had to call up the person that ended up in second because they got bumped down from first and they were leading for quite some time because the se- the then second place competitor called me up and said, Hey, mm-hmm. I made a mistake on my chronic trips. Now again, I'm a director. If anyone calls and says they made a sure. mistake, I try to fix it. Okay. And this is well within my means of fixing. And he said, I submitted a fish in the NE five. It was a quarter inch, um, a quarter inch less than what it should be. Mm-hmm. I said, no problem. And I fixed it. Then I looked at the standings after that in the NE five, that quarter inch actually made it a tie. Oh, did right? it? Oh, for, okay. For that category, which is weird for the NE five. Usually there's a break because it, it's, it's the wild west. There's no room, you know, yep. there's all sorts of lengths in there. It's crazy. So this actually made it a tie, and I looked at the fish. Now, when I looked at my tiebreakers, because the NE5 is considered within a species, Mm -hmm. I left the time tiebreaker in there, and I said, that doesn't apply because there's five fish. All right, how can I, what what am I going to base it on? The first fish, the last fish? It doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. Then it went to biggest fish. So I went with the biggest fish of those five. It was a technically biggest second fish, but yep. that's for any other category. I went to biggest fish on that, and uh, that put one person over, and it switched first and second place in the total points. Holy shit. So, so going into the last day of the tournament, Jerry Howes, who finished now second, was leading. Scott Rhodes, first place, 14 points, overtook him on the last day of the tournament on a clerical error he forgot to correct. God knows when he turned in that drum. Champ Champlain, so three weeks ago. Wow. Or, or, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. At least third place, Nate Shagnon. Second place, Jerry House. Jerry Multi House. First place, Scott Rhodes. Congratulations to everybody. Nice job, guys. Great job. And uh, Chronic Trips, we'll see you again next year. And we talked, you and I and Seth are going to have a little sit down and kind of work the schedule out. Mm-hmm. It's probably not going to alternate the way it has been because there's a couple of months we want to we want to focus in on. Yeah for each tournament, shall we call it trail, online tournament trail, or series. We mm-hmm. want to focus in, like, I know we discussed, like, in particular, April should probably be a Chronic Trips month yeah, going makes forward. Sense. Because there's certain things we can do um, with these tournaments and give little bonuses for this, that, or the other thing. So, yeah, keeps it on brand, if you will. Correct. You so know? stay tuned for next year. Jump in on the Chronic Trips. If you want to fish both, you know, Freshwater and saltwater, it's nationwide. We'd love to see you in there. But for now, again, Jigs and Bigs, we got all of October. It just started. Registration's open for another two weeks. Mm-hmm. Please jump in. We'd be happy to see you. Measure yourself against these multi-species anglers because, man, it's fun. It really is fun. And you can use worms. You can use a bobber. You can use shiners. We don't care. Use the bait. Whatever, whatever bait's legal to wherever you're from. Yeah. Use it. Enjoy it. Have a good time. And, uh... The point is getting some fish on the board. If you're going to keep them after the picture's taken and eat them, that's your business. Please don't send me pictures of dead fish, dying fish. I don't want to see that. But um, get out there and fish is the bottom line. Now, to wrap the MAKB season officially, you know, there is one more, again, one more fun event at the end. Uh, I just want to go over real quickly the top 10 for the Lake Quinsigamon Championship. Yep. 
again, we had a rough day. Nobody broke 80 inches. Um, and about 11 inches, eh, 10 plus inches separated first and 10th. So it was close. So 10th place, Ken Wood, 68 and three quarters. Chris Nardi finished ninth, 70 inches. Nelson DaCosta, 70 and a half. Really unusual to see Nelson's name in a top shocking, 10 at a big tournament, it? huh? Yeah, yeah, shocking. It's amazing. Drop shot Donnie Davis, Triple D, with 71 in seventh place. I love it. Josh Carvalho, 71 and three quarters, sixth place. Lee Kennan, 72 and a quarter in fifth place. Fourth place, Joe Dedeo, 72 and three quarters. Also 72 and three quarters, Chris Tai in third. And then in second place, my buddy Mike Morcone, 78 and a half. And then first place, Bruce Levy, 79 and a quarter. I will say this. Just again, because I had to do what I had to do, and this is the way the, the cards fell. Third place and 10th place were the only two top 10 placements that launched from the North launch. Everything else was out of the South. So if you went North, really? it was rough. And I understand Chris did some traveling, so he yeah. didn't confine himself to the North. He also caught the biggest smallmouth, and I believe he had long, uh, third place, and yeah, he caught the biggest uh, largemouth as well. So he caught the biggest two fish of the tournament and still finished third. God, that's crazy. awesome. Yep. For other stuff on the tournament, uh, the double down, four people jumped in on that. Chris Nardi won that. Yep. Uh, Big Bass, Chris Tai with 19 and a half inch largemouth. And then the Lunker smallmouth was 18. So we got that one. Uh, Pickerel Lunker, Bruce Levy, 21 and three quarters. So I can't thank everybody enough for everything that they've done to come out to the events and had a good time with and and really just fish their asses off with makb this year yeah uh, obviously i'm the western director but i'm speaking for everybody on this one we all had a blast there were a ton of sellouts on the east as well to the point where they had overflow events mm -hmm. this was 22 was to this point the high water mark i think of makb and we have more in store for next year so thanks to everybody who came out if you didn't get a chance to come out and you're interested, you can always reach out to me through Jigs and Bigs or through MAKB on Facebook. Reach out to Ken Wood. Reach out to the other directors, John Ferreira, Nelson DaCosta, Bruce Levy, Kevin mm -hmm. Amaral, and we got a missing one, Don Davis. There's seven of us. So please, if you're in Massachusetts, hell, if you're in New England, I've, I even got a call from, from someone who shall remain unnamed that might be fishing with us and they're from Maine. No shit. Yeah, that might be. And I said, look, I know this person. You know this person. I'm not going to drop their name on air, but yep. I said, look, dude, that's a hell of a drive. You've stayed at my house for other events. You want to crash? Go ahead. I don't give a shit, but you that's know, awesome, man. It's good stuff. So wow. that's the turn. What's up? That's just that's impressive, dude. That what like the shit that something like that says about the trail. Yeah, <clears throat> that's an endorsement. Yeah. It's awesome, man. Son of a bitch, man. Uh, I got to go grab a drink, drink of water here. My I hear you. Killing. I hear you, baby. Well, uh, let's go ahead and move on. Uh, we have, it's it's about that time. We're going to talk, well, we're, we're going to talk vermin. Jigs and bakes. <laughs> Bait of the week. 
you know. So I'd like to I'd like yeah. to start with Nelson's Beaver Burgers. All right. Okay. So he takes the beaver and kills it and grinds it up and makes it into burgers. Or are you talking about some other vermin? I am talking about other vermin. Um, I'm specifically talking about rats. Uh, it, what was it? I want to say it was summer of 2020, and I was having a conversation with the one and only Todd Grubb, uh, Fish and Grubs. And it was the first time he was on the show, and he and I were talking about, you know, he, he was talking about night fishing and, you know, big baits and being into, you know, throwing like big, you know, wake baits and stuff like this. And, and back then, I mean, there was all kinds of talk about one very specific large format kind of bait, and that was the, the Spro uh, BBZ Rat. Um, and it was, you know, the talk it was, it was all over the place. People like it because, one, it's affordable. Two, it is a top water. So, I mean, if you're making a little bit of an investment in, in a bait like this, like, you know, you're not going to, you're not as likely to lose it. Um, it can happen. It can happen, but you're not as likely. So, after co- having this conversation with the one and only Todd Grubb, I had uh, made the decision that. You know, I'm just going to bite the bullet and go for it. And I made a phone call to one Mr. Joe Brown. I know what you're thinking. Who the fuck is Joe Brown? Exactly. But uh, I had him put aside uh, a rat for me. Um, and this was a uh, the the BBZ Spro BBZ rat, the forty size. And I'll go over the four the the, the numbers and 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 all of that stuff. Uh, and he put this aside for me. And um, this was not the largest format one this was the brown one i was looking for something supernatural and i figured I'd, I'd give this one a go well i went up the shears uh with it was berkshire brett and uh and sean the fisherman and and i had thrown this sucker around and had amazing results um i then followed it up we had gone fishing again up the shears uh we had gone fishing with mitch Skase, and you know that that first early first first light of the day I had abs- even better results, like just bigger fish. Absolutely fantastic day with this. And since then, I have it's it's kind of become like the wake bait I like to throw. When I need to throw uh, a slow, steady moving retrieve uh, on top with something that's loud, this is what I'm looking at. And uh, and I love it. And th- there's there's lately there's been some talk that you can't find them, that they're not making them anymore. But uh, I'm on Tackle Warehouse right now looking. And every single color and every single size is going to be available and in stock on December the 1st. That's pretty cool. So let's talk about it. What is it? Well, uh, it, what it is is it's a uh, a single jointed wake bait, um, and it's uh, what what Spro has written here. It says tested and perfected over the last two years. The Spro Rat Wake Bait is the most lifelike rat imitation to ever hit the market. Perfectly sized, the Spro Rat Wake Bait features a single jointed rodent profile and durable square bill that offers an effortless walk the dog action and a gentle wake that humps along the surface. And boy, does it ever. Made from multiple composites, the Spro Rat Wake Bait offers a custom wood feel and sturdy construction that stands up to most crushing topwater explosions. At the rear, the Spro Rat Wake Bait comes equipped with a long, articulated rat tail that adds to the realistic rat appearance. Armed with super, super sharp trebles, the Spro Rat Wake Bait offers an easy-to-walk, lifelike presentation that is sure to increase your fish count and your heart rate. And it delivers, I think, on all parts. Now, the, the lineup goes like this. You've got the BBZ Rat 
uh, the BBZ One Rat, the 25, which is a five inch length. Uh, without the tail, it's two and a half inches and it weighs five sixteenths of an ounce. The Rat 30 is a six and a quarter inch. It is three and a quarter inches long without the tail and a half ounce weight. The 40 is what I started with. That's a seven and a half inch bait total length, one ounce, and it's uh, it's one ounce and it's four inches long without the uh, without the tail. And the BBZ Rat 50. This is the big one. This is the one that uh, the big big loud one comes in at a two and a half ounce weight. It is ten inches long. Five and a quarter inches of it, uh, five and a quarter inches without the tail. Um, I will say this much for this bait. The tail is optional. Tail is nice. It adds a little bit of extra, like, tease to, you know, kind of draw some attention. But uh, I have thrown, you know, after getting my tail initially bitten off by some pickerel, I had... uh, I had thrown it without before when, you know, a buzz bait was too fast. I would throw this and it's 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 been a good strategy. It's been really, really great. I love a big wake bait anyway, but something about the rat is just about the right kind of size and you can throw it on a lot of gear. Um, That's one nice thing about the rat. It comes in like even at its its heaviest. It's it's two and a half ounces. You know, I mean, it is a heavy bait, but you get into that 40 at a one ounce rate. Uh, at a one ounce uh, weight, most frog rods are going to throw that with no problem. You know, you can definitely throw that. And I would recommend, to be perfectly honest, I think the the Rat 30 uh, in that uh, half ounce weight is a great way to get started if you're really just kind of tinkering and you're not necessarily looking to throw anything like really, really huge, huge. Um, I have seen ND Yak Angler. He throws the 30 quite a bit uh, fishing uh, for river smallmouth, and uh, and it gets absolutely crushed. But I love the bait. If you're if you're interested in if this is a great gateway bait. I like to tell folks if they're toying around with the idea of getting into that large platform topwater, uh, you know, s- s- sort of move. This is a great way to do it. And and keep in mind that it's not necessarily yeah. It does look like a like a rodent, you know, and it does have that kind of a look to it, but in the water, it's it, it, it's all about the noise. That's all I can tell you. It's all about the noise. It's just so loud. It gets the attention of the fish down below, and uh, they just come up and they'll just crush it. Absolutely, you know. Yep. And when you you had introduced those to me, now yep. I'm going to take a step back. Uh, the wake baits I've used in the past and have have had success with have been in Minnesota. For whatever reason, I haven't had a lot of wake bait success mm-hmm. in Mass. I don't know why. The ones I was using were a, a, a Rapala model. And I just used a couple different colors that I was able to get a hold of up there. And I've, I, I always had good, you know, good luck with them running them around, um, around floating weeds, or even if there was openings through the, uh, the uh, the rice fields, I would yep. I would run them through that. Um, when I I ended up getting a rat to try out, I got a uh, what color it was like? What was the color? It was tequila sunrise. Was that the one that they, was very popular? Oh, is it what you're talking about? The purple one? Yeah. What was morning the color dawn. Morning, morning dawn. dawn. Yeah. I knew it had something to do with sunrise. Look at that. I yep. got one brain cell kicking around there. It's not covered in THC completely. Um, so I ended up uh, getting that one. And I tried it around here and I didn't, again, I just, me and wake baits for whatever reason do not jive in Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that is, but I did bring it to Minnesota and I had some luck on some decent sized pike with it, which is yep. just funny to me that, you know, you go to, I go to another state and that's all of a sudden my, my go-to top water for pike. But um, it's up there, and I use it for pike up there. And yeah. It works works out pretty well. 
that knocking is insane though. It's, and I it's do, so loud yep and i do i want to echo you uh, on that last one i do on that last comment you made about the gear you throw with yep 50 50 pound braid straight to it no leader and uh on my frog rod up there and that's how i roll yeah it's it's great what one are you throwing up there are you throwing the 30 or the 40 i'm throwing the 50 oh you're throwing the 50 i yeah i don't fuck around i use the big ones nice i have i have 150 uh and it's in that same color that morning dawn and then i have uh, a 40 as well the original that's in the brown but they have they actually have more colors than i i realize they've got a chrome they've got uh, a gray painted model they call gray ghost um there's one that's called nasty shad which has that chartreuse tail like the morning dawn one has but it's got uh, a white belly and like a gray top with a little chartreuse line that runs across the body. They've got a, a black uh, and then a white as well. So, I mean, there's there's options. But a, a lot of these, I feel like it's all about it's all about that noise. You know, I think the, the paint is secondary. <laughs> I really do. Um, a good, loud, loud clacking wake bait like this. And I mean, for not being wood either. It's 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 a composite. I think it's resin. I'm not sure. It's loud. It's it really is. Yeah. So I can't I can't say enough about it. I love it. There's a lot of people who, you know, they're just like, yeah, I don't know. And there's a lot of people out there that make other styles of rat baits. Like this is gaining in popularity. But I can't I can't stress enough how if if you're interested into it, you can get into it for, you know, I think you can get the 40 for around 20 bucks. Something like that, twenty twenty five bucks, something like that. Um, I think you'll spend a little more, like closer to thirty or thirty five for the fifty, but it's worth it. Try it, and again, you know, if you're going to spend a little bit more on some baits, I recommend that. If you're a little nervous about it, like ah, oh, I don't want to lose such and such, make that investment on top water baits. You know, just keep them the fuck out of trees. <laughs> <laughs> just- yeah, it, you don't want it to become what would you call it, tree candy? Tree, yeah, shore candy, exactly. Yeah, Lork, no. you do not yeah. want it to become shore a, candy. A two and a but, half um, ounce lure hanging from a tree that somebody's climbing. Yep. Yeah. So definitely give those a try if you're uh, if you're getting into the wake bait scene and yep. uh, you know, look, it, it it says rat. It looks like a rat. Bass hit anything that moves. Yep. You know, they're savages. Go for it. Yeah. Give it, give a, it go. a try. Can't recommend it enough. Uh, I think do we have we don't have anything else for this segment. We're we're cooking. With gas. We're trucking. We're trucking, but we're not cheating. We are not stuffing not. weights into this podcast. Can I interest you in a walleye fillet? <laughs> well, yeah, obviously. Yeah. I mean, that's fucking great. Bring it. Uh, Taco yeah. form. Guys, we're going to take a short break. When we get back, we're going to be getting nerdy with it. Uh, I don't know necessarily what we're going to talk about in this next segment, but I promise you this. It's going to be fucking exciting. We'll see you guys in about a minute or two. Don't go too far. Jigs and Bigs is your favorite fishing podcast, right? Why not show the world how much you love the show while directly supporting us? We have men's and ladies' shirts, hoodies, and a variety of hats. We even have a waterproof outdoor Bluetooth speaker so you can listen to your favorite podcast while out on the water if you like. Check out jigsandbigs.com shop to visit the store and gear yourself up. If you really can't get enough of this show, consider becoming a jig head and joining our Patreon. It's a subscription that gives you exclusive access to recording sessions that allow you to engage with 
with us as we record the show. We also have some exclusive content there just for our jig heads and even have some special promo codes. Space is limited, so join now at jigsandbigs.com. Finally, if you're local to our area in Western Massachusetts, consider checking out the Western Mass Fishing Report posted weekly at northeastwildwoman.com. We have amazing contributors providing great content and info for local conditions and what's been going on and working recently. Jigs and Bigs, so much more than just two lightly roasted hippies trapped in the 90s arguing on the internet about fishing. We made it through another week, man. It was it was an interesting week to say the least. Uh, we we ate like kings. Uh, I managed to catch some fish. Sean caught some fish, not the right ones, but he did catch some fish. It was uh, it was interesting. And fall is here, you know. I mean, as 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 much as I've been denying it, it's official. It's here. It's October. It's time to go ahead and get your ladle holes and you know drink your German beers. Put on a spooky mask and spooky suck down some pumpkin spice something. Mike, I this morning I woke up and uh, my kids had uh, had had cracked open a a, a bag of uh, pumpkin spice Kit Kats. I don't hate them. I don't hate them. I really don't. I don't know. I'm, I'm such a fat piece you, of shit. Well, <laughs> while we're on the subject of Halloween, are you a candy corn guy? I, you know, it's funny, man. I don't mind candy corn. Like, I don't go out of my way for it. I know there are, the, it's it's split. You have some people who absolutely love it, and then some who are just like, this is garbage. But what about, what do you think? Well, I, I think we're in the same boat. Back in the day, yeah. I would do, you know, down a handful of them, but I wouldn't sit there and just eat an entire bag. There's, there's yeah. a point. You and know what I mean? You're not going to go and, like, seek them out, you know? Correct. Candy corn, candy corn hole. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever you're into. Well, we didn't plan this part, so there we you didn't. go. People. No, no, not at all. Where we decided to go down the candy corn path. Um, I wanted to talk a little nerd stuff, and I'd asked you in the break if you'd ever read um, the, the – it was originally a – oh, God, we went through this once, but it was originally a four-issue limited series in 1986. Yep. And then it got collected in a trade paperback, which everyone – for some reason refers to as a graphic novel but the the story i'm talking about is is a, is a at the time a future story for batman called batman the dark knight returns yeah. which is written by frank miller and drawn by frank miller yeah and you said you'd never read that but i said when i made mention of a, a good portion of batman versus superman dawn of justice which i've never seen in its entirety i just i can't do it i can't do dc movies they just they're awful yeah um was based off that work of art by Frank Miller. And it's considered mm -hmm. one of the two best collected, you know, stories. Um, that with Watchmen, also in 1986 by um, God, who's the writer of Watchmen? Uh, I'm. It's late at night and I'm burnt out. I know. It's uh, Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons, um, which is also a seminal storytelling. So 1986 really had two of the best stories in comics ever written. But I have the collected edition and I brought it in with me to the throne one day and started mm -hmm. getting into it. And it's just, it's that book that I read once a year, once every two years and say, what, what a phenomenal story yeah. being told from both a storytelling and the, the visual aspect. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it never gets old. And it's, it is a timepiece because there's, yeah. 
a lot of 1986 stuff going on in there with Ronald Reagan and the Soviets and, and weird stuff. But w- when I read it this time, something kind of hit me with current events. And, you know, you and I don't get political and I'm not going to say anything political on yeah. this, but I realized the parallels of the fear of nuclear war that are going on right now with, you know, everything that's going on sure. in, 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 in and around Ukraine right now. And yep. it was just kind of, it kind of hit me. So for those of you who've read that, if you, if you have the book nearby and you want to give it another read, keep that in mind and go through it again and be like, wow, this is eerily similar and history does repeat itself. It's, it kind of hit me that way today. I don't know why. Oh, so, you're, you're hundred percent right though. History totally repeats itself, you know, and perspective yeah. comes into play a lot too like when in 1986 you know you and i were like nine years old (laughs) like you know those books those books and the current events would have just gone completely over our heads but now when you've got you know that hindsight behind you and they say hindsight is 2020 you you know you look behind you and you're able to draw parallels to, to all kinds of stuff that's that's pretty slick man i feel like i had never read that but it sounds so familiar i want to borrow it i want to say it it came across and like had gotten my attention at one point or another, like maybe I spotted it at like, you know, the local comic shop or something like that, or even a poster of the artwork or something like that that kind of got my attention. But yeah, there's a, there's a, uh, the, one of the, the cover for the first issue yeah. and they use for almost every collected edition since then is, is a very iconic drawing of just a silhouette of Batman with a lightning bolt behind him and a, a black knight. That's it. And actually, it's been parodied so many times. Even our boy Kevin Smith parodied it, parodied yeah. it with a uh, a Jay and Silent Bob, um, I believe, movie poster. Jay, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, I believe, has a, a silhouette of Jay and Silent Bob with a lightning bolt. Yes. Um, but, um, yeah. Speaking of nerd shit and other nerd news this week... Uh, have you seen the video with uh, Ryan Reynolds about Deadpool? 3? Yes. Yeah. So we're going to see so. some Deadpool Wolverine stuff going on, which I which, think a lot of people have been waiting for. Yeah. You yeah, know, I, I'm, and it's, it helps that they're buddies and are probably going to enjoy the. Oh, I think yeah. Process. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. So yeah, we have a lot to look forward to. But um, yeah, if you're a comic reader out there, a graphic novel reader, if you want to use that term, uh, check out The Dark Knight Returns if you haven't. It is really the pinnacle of of comic writing, and enjoy it. And Bobby, I'll let you borrow my copy, and you can yeah, you can tell me what you think. I'll give it a peruse. Yes, sir. I That's all it. I have for for nerd stuff. No, I like that. That's good. I like that. You know, it's good. We had we had a, an episode last week that was well over three hours. I feel like this is a refreshing one. Getting into October, things are just kind of taking off. Uh, guys, we've got a lot of good stuff coming up in the future. We have, well, first off, we've got interviews coming up with Adam Blumecki. We've got, uh, we've got other listeners that are coming up. I have an outing that I'm in the process of planning that involves truck camping and carp fishing. We also have an outing later this month with uh, our winner, our jig head winner from our contest, Scott, uh, that we had announced last week. And uh, we're very much looking forward to that. That's coming up later this month. What else? Man, we have so much good stuff happening, guys. And you want to be here for all of it. That is 100% for sure. It is fall, y'all. It is time to get out there. They're moving. Track them down. See if you can get on a good bite and uh, and catch some fish. Fall fishing can be super exciting. Bundle up. Throw a hoodie on. You'll be fine. 
It's going to be great. Get out there and catch some freaking fish, damn it. Um, I Bobby, think one, la one last thing I do want on. to mention. I'm sorry I interrupted. Oh, it's all right. But you said you said dress warmly. Um, we were barely at 120, the, the rule of 120 the other day. Yeah. We were over, but we were barely at. So check your water temp, add it up to your air temp, and make sure that you're safely prepared so that if, God forbid, you go in the water. Yep. You're not, you know, we're not going to be reading about you as another safety accident that could have been prevented. And it is October now. And if you're uh, on uh, any type of watercraft on uh, uh, in Massachusetts, wear your goddamn PFD. By law, baby. Yep. Just do it. Just do it. You'll be smarter for it. Uh, with all that said, guys, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. We will see you in seven days with more Jigs and Bigs goodness. Thanks so much for uh, coming on out and uh, being a part of this show. As always, if you could, give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Rate us over there on Spotify. And we will see you guys in seven days. Like we always say, Dits and ass smoke some grass.
Bruce Wayne. I tried to avoid all this, but I can't. I just gotta know. Are we gonna try to love each other? Stop the press. Who is that? Vicky Vale. She is great, isn't she? I'm gonna do it.